Welcome to Frustration Nation, presented by Shoot Your Shot Sports. Hey, welcome, bitches. Welcome to Frustration Nation. How are all of you? We are great. Thanks for asking. Uh, this is the FN Podcast for FN fans of FN Sports Teams. Every episode, we explore the heartbreak, horror, and humiliation of what it means to be a diehard fan. I am your host that really, really has to pee, but I'm too engaged in this conversation to leave now. Furious George, because I drank an entire cup of coffee before this. And with me, as always, is my host who doesn't have to pee maybe currently, but probably will by the end of this episode. Man, yeah, that's a good hat. Yeah. What's up? Uh, well, the amount of fluid in my bladder is up. If you're, if you're well, if you need me to, I'll keep talking and I'll try to talk over the noise of a stream in the background. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. Five. Actually, yeah. if you could talk a lot about like waterfalls and oceans mm. and like just <laughs> anything know. with running water really yeah. yeah actually i do do that to my students so if my students are like mr george you're leaning to go to the bathroom i'll be like you need to wait till the end of the class and yeah. then i'll tell them i'll say here's the tip though a tip is like think exclusively of oceans and waterfalls and yeah like, so I, i'm just a big troll yeah water through the gutter when it's raining things like that yeah you, <laughs> that's you, a great you, one you do do that please don't do that <laughs> <laughs> um that would be worth a bathroom debatable i have i've had students before been like mr george i have to go for real i'm gonna poop on this desk i'll be like do it, do it. Pro- prove it i i don't believe you <laughs> i i've literally said like which I'm is gonna... great till you finally get a kid who calls you on it and just does it if a kid does it they're gonna get in trouble anyway and <laughs> like i mean i guess i might well they'll be like he didn't let me go to the bathroom it's like you yeah. you are in high school like, you shouldn't be pooping your pants. You're like, not a toddler. If you're pooping your pants in a high school class, you planned something very wrong. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, it's been a while since we've been together. Um, and oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, since we knew each other, if you will. And, Biblically. Um, but, no. Uh, we last time we talked was a Christmas episode that, because of lack of editing, is just being released before this episode. Um, how was your holiday season? Was it filled with a lot of merriment and mirth? Yeah, it was. It was good and well, mirth <laughs> always. Um, <laughs> so you know this, like when you have kids and you have extended families, and the family grows every year you end up in this spot where every weekend is Christmas for like a month and a half. Um, So Christmas is actually still going on for me. We have a Christmas in like two weeks and yeah, it's just always extended families and get togethers. And so it's definitely, it's exhausting at a point. um, I actually, I actually cannot relate with that. And the reason is, is Mm. because my wife's family they don't really do that much with extended family and my family with either side, my family there, my mom's side has no cousins all like, and after some deaths in the family and stuff, 
my mom's side it's just it's my grandpa and my aunt and that's that's it Mm. and we just you know talk on the phone on christmas day or whatever uh my dad's side has a bunch of people but they all meet on christmas and because Mm. my siblings and i all live kind of far away from each other now we just get together on christmas and are just together like we're not going to go see extended family we're just going to be together screw up is our uh our mantra i just feel so, like at a point it's like you want to see as many people as you can and it sounds bad to say but it's like you at a, at a point you have your own kids you have your own close yes. family and you want to see your parents and your spouse's parents past that you want to some... see your spouse's parents <laughs> As a family, it's the <laughs> the family wants to see her parents. It's the right thing. Wow, that sounded really right. bad to say. <laughs> but no, you know what I mean. Where it's like, that did sound terrible. Everyone you're else like, wants to like, if, if it were up to just me, hell yeah. no. But yeah, right. I have a family. Absolutely yeah. not. But I have to. <laughs> um, it's just though. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we um, have. Christmas Day, we did stuff with just our family, and then we went to my wife's parents' house. That was the best day of it all because it was pretty chill. As a parent, the most fun part, you give your kids gifts and all that. But then it's like, all right, Christmas with my parents, then another Christmas with her parents and her brother-in-law and sister-in-law, and then another big family Christmas with with my family. Then it's all the aunts and uncles in Ohio. It's just – it's all fine. It's just – you lose all your weekends there for like a month. So, and it might change as my siblings get older and start families and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the way it currently is, we literally, we have two, like we have Christmas Eve and Christmas day. It's pretty much those two things. We sandwich our own little family Christmas in the middle of it. Um, and visit each family on different days and stuff. And it, it seems to work out pretty well for us. Obviously being teachers, we have the advantage of the extended break. So that's nice. Um, but yeah, we, uh, I I totally get what you're saying though. Um, when it's like at some point, you, you know, your focus has to be like your family and stuff. And yeah, something that was like such a big adjustment for us was like, hey, you know, my immediate family and your immediate family is no longer our immediate families. Like mm-hmm. our our kids is, is our immediate family. Yeah, and my immediate family and your immediate family is our extended family now. they're the grandparents now you know and aunts and uncles yeah. like yeah they're the extended ones so it anyway. is weird yeah we're getting old um <laughs> yeah we are yeah we are well, well it's exciting for you first christmas for your new boy and yeah right. those are always fun first christmas for a new kid so that's right also for my yeah. son so <laughs> all right <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas um, to all and to all a good night. God bless us, everyone. So this uh, this episode, we are going to get into some football talk. It's been a while. Uh, we may or may not have a little Mary F. Kill action for you later. Um, yes. But since last time we talked, we've had the bowl games, college football playoff. We've had the college football national championship We've had the conclusion of the NFL season and the playoff bracket and draft positions finalized, all of which are pretty much all of which are relevant to our teams. Our, our, our teams in kind of different ways have played some relevant football games lately, which is interesting 
an interesting way to put it now that I'm thinking about it that way. Because uh, the Bears games haven't felt relevant, but they are. Um, In a so, different way, but they're very relevant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's start with college football, uh, and we'll work our way to the NFL. Um, bowl games, I watched. I was on and off watching the Notre Dame bowl game because I was with my family. Um, and it was during the middle of the day too, which was kind of weird. Yeah, and they're just not—they're just not into college football as much. So I had it on, on and off, and then just with fatherly duties and stuff, I missed portions of it. But overall, I was like—I was honestly pretty impressed with with it um, because they were struggling for a while in that game. Of they fell behind quickly to South Carolina. I think it was like 21 to seven at one point. And you're like, Oh no, like this is, this just feels so like what Notre Dame has been where you go mm-hmm. up against somebody that supposedly it's an even match and you just get dog walked. And um, Marcus Freeman has this history now sort of, of playing teams close and then you end up losing it at the end. And, I was just like, man, you're already losing by so much. How bad is this going to get? And for them, to the way they turned it around in the second half and put up points, their defense finally locked in, and uh, they they ended up with the win. I mean, that was that was huge. And I think it was a big step for Marcus Freeman to win a bowl game. I know it wasn't a college football playoff bowl game or like the Rose Bowl or anything like that, but it was nevertheless a bowl game the Gator bowl and mm-hmm. any bowl game I'm going to count as, you know, I guess a postseason victory. Um, yep. And that's just important to get under his belt. So starting with that game, I was honestly pretty impressed with the coaching adjustments. Also just when you have players that are opting out, I mean, you didn't play with your best defense or offensive players. And I'm sure our other teams didn't as well, but uh, that's just always an adjustment for the team. So overall, happy with that performance to end the year um moving on to the cfp before you say anything because i know you have a dog in the fight um i was just i I was busy all new year's eve doing like hanging out with my family and doing stuff but the games were on in the background and those games were just so much fun Mm -hmm. um yeah they like I remember last year, we did basically the same thing last year as we did this year on New Year's Eve with my family. And mm-hmm. I remember last year, whether it was the Michigan-Georgia game or the Alabama-Cincinnati Cincinnati game, I remember yeah. both of those games, like we're at the bowling alley. I'd glance up every now and then to see the score, and I'd be like, oh, look, they're still blowing them out. And yeah, then I'd right. <laughs> go back and focus. Like yep. this was actually one like I was – only not focusing during like commercial breaks and halftime. Like when the game yeah. was on, I'm like glue eyes glued to the TV and it's a really nice change of pace for the college football playoff because yep. they hype it up as this huge, big event and the product has never been the level of competitive that it was this year. And yep. so I say that it's a really good sign for college football moving forward. My number one request is that they would please don't put it on new year's eve because everybody already yeah. has other commitments yep. and other parties they're already going to like if you really want to be smart like or or i guess maybe you can't control when new year's eve is because of how the calendar shifts but if you say like okay this saturday 
or whatever, we are going to do the CFP games. Then that's great. But don't be like, go, don't go out of your way to do New Year's Eve. Yeah. Um, because it would be nice. Like, imagine a world where maybe you're a huge college football fan and you don't have, like, maybe it's someone like me and I'm just like, hey, family and friends. Mm-hmm. whether you're a Michigan, TCU, Ohio State, or Georgia fan or not, let's come together and we're going to watch eight hours of football. Right. Like, come over, we're going to have a big party. You could have a whole event. I mean, it, I think there'd be so much more attention drawn to the game without mm-hmm. New Year's Eve also being there. And, yeah, it, I have so many thoughts on this. I completely agree. The Super Bowl is an example of, like, it doesn't need to be tied to a holiday. It's already its own event. Yeah. I know the NFL is different. I know there's just always going to be more attention. So it's not the same, but you kind of need to try to recreate that a little bit. People stop football, everything for yeah, the Super Bowl. People who don't even care about the sport. And the the reality is most people hosting New Year's Eve parties care more about their party than football. And it's I'm not you can't ask people to change that. So either you're the jerk who doesn't go because you want to watch a college football game or you're the person who's like watching on your phone in the corner. It's like it just it puts everybody in weird situations. All, college football's always been terrible at scheduling too because they also have the national championship on a Monday night. A Monday night. I know, Whose idea was it to do a college football game? And you're on Eastern time. It's even worse for you. Who's going to yeah. stay up and watch a college football game that ends at like 1030 on a weeknight especially when the score is 65 to 7 like if it was (laughs) if it was a game that was at like you know a a 430 game on a Saturday then yeah maybe I'm like hey you know what it's still football I'll watch it but when it's when it's 10 p.m. and George is already up by 40 I'm like yeah I'm going to bed you know for a lot of people it's like their first there's it's the Monday that's like the first start of their first full week of back to work and school yeah. after the holidays. Yeah. I'm not staying up late on a Monday. You know, yeah. college football just needs to fix that. I'm hoping the expanded playoffs will kind of be an excuse to redo some of that stuff and improve it because they've got to know that it's just not a smart way to schedule. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I'm sure they're, they have decent ratings, but it would be interesting if just once they moved it to a weekend day and then compare the ratings, like it's gotta be better on. And you'd have to figure out, are we bumping into the NFL? Because when you get down to weeks like this, they have games on Saturdays and on Sundays, but there's gotta be a better way to do it. If you're going to well, do it on a weeknight, opinion, do it on a Friday night. Like I know the NFL is King, but like you've got to, if you can, this is what I think should happen. So on Saturday, the NFL had two games. They had, uh, like three o'clock game. This is Central Time. Three o'clock Central Time for uh, Chiefs Raiders, and then they yeah. had like the seven o'clock game was Jaguars Titans. Mm-hmm. How about this? What if you take Chiefs Raiders, make it a noon game, make the three yeah. o'clock game Jaguars Titans, and then make the national championship the mm-hmm. seven o'clock primetime game? Yep. Well, like that would be perfect. Yeah. I mean, everyone wants to have in an ideal world. Everyone wants to have football from 12 o'clock to 10 o'clock anyway like and you have platforms like espn and fox that are hosting both so it's not like they couldn't get them to work together on this yeah exactly. i just, i don't understand it's yeah super inconvenient but that's kind of we didn't really do an official vent sesh i think that could be our shared vent sesh is as good as the sport is some of the the little details like scheduling are frustrating sometimes well another thing was like new year's eve so new year's eve the for people that were on the east coast 
Eastern time, the Ohio State Georgia game like went past midnight. So like yeah. for people that like like to celebrate, oh, it's the new year, oh, let's watch the ball drop, things like that. Guess what? You were too busy watching Ohio State miss a field goal. Like because Well, the ball yeah. dropped right as they was I think it was at central time midnight. Or was it Eastern time? He missed the field goal right as time expired. Somewhere in America, there was a household where the mom and dad said, hurry, quick, change the channel. We got to watch the ball drop. I know. Some poor, some poor kid out there missed the end of the game because his parents wanted to watch Ryan Seacrest on a stage somewhere. It's like, it, it just, it to me. I know it seems silly, but some people do have traditions of like watching the ball drop. Oh, it's stupid. I hate it. But <laughs> you can't like, if you're at somebody's house, are you, what are you going to argue it? Like no. they're going to watch it. And now you're the idiot trying to like, Get a signal on your phone and watch it. You know, I don't Put know. Put enough drink in me. I'll show you some balls drop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah. But anyway, as far as the outcomes of the games, I mean, did you have any other thoughts? Obviously, this is the first time I remember having both games be really good close games. There's been a, the occasional game that was. Like, Clemson-Ohio State a while back was great. Yeah. But I don't remember a time that you had back-to-back really good close games. I don't think ever has happened um, so. no just the overall entertainment fa- factor was great um as far as the outcomes like everyone said and i agree with this like the bowl season was like a dream scenario for notre dame for the, not being in it in the cfp because it was like notre dame wins their bowl game usc loses new year's six game michigan and ohio state both lose in the cfp like it was it was kind of the best case scenario as a Notre Dame fan. And for me, since I'm just a big troll, I just enjoyed texting you throughout the Michigan game. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. So my thoughts on the game itself, um, it's kind of weird. Like it was one of the biggest games as a Michigan fan recently, but it didn't really hurt that bad. And I don't know if it's just because I was so happy with how the season went that I was okay with it. Or the fact that Ohio State lost after definitely took a lot of the sting out of it. So I don't know what it was about it to where, looking back, I'm not, like, upset about oh, it. Oh, dude, the troll the troll side of me was yeah. honestly rooting hard for Ohio State to win. Cause that would have hurt. Because you, you know they would have won the national title. Oh, yeah, they would have. And that would suck. Because what I'm going to get into being upset about is, like, Ohio State fans are taking what happened here and already using it to justify like Ohio State's better than Michigan. Ohio State had a better season than Michigan because we kept it close against Georgia. And look how bad TCU looks now after the national championship. As if they forget, like two or three weeks ago, we went on the road and blew them out at their home at at their home field. It's like it's funny because now the recency bias it's like, oh, Ohio State should be ranked above them at the year-end polls. Ohio State's a better team. Michigan's a fraud. It's like, I think as a Michigan fan, you could be upset at a missed opportunity and at the way the season ended. But at, it, there's no shot Ohio State is supposed to feel better about themselves than the, than we do right now. And that's what's annoying about the whole thing is that there's a lot of that on social media. I, <laughs> um, and I, I think Georgia saved college football yep. a lot of grief because – if mm-hmm. Georgia had lost and Ohio State won the national championship, again, this whole conversation would come up of Alabama. It should be whoever's actually the best. Yes. Everyone said Ohio State shouldn't make it, and they won a national championship. Exactly. exactly. 
Exactly. Yep. So no, it's because of that. I think as a Michigan fan, I'm, I was very disappointed. Um, if you don't throw two pick sixes in that game, you win it. Like there's just so many things that went wrong. We had two pick sixes. We had a turnover on downs at the goal line. We had a fumble at the goal line. It's like we had all these mistakes and it still came down to like, we were always within a score. Um, Everything that could go wrong went wrong. I think if you play this game 10 times, Michigan wins nine of them. And this is just the one freak game that you lose. Maybe eight. Yeah, and it's like that, that may but, sound like I'm being like a like a douchey, salty Michigan fan. I just I, all props to TCU. They've always just found ways to win this year. But I do just think Michigan wins that game game eight or nine times out of ten. But that's just what makes college f- football great, too. And I've been saying for the longest time we need to expand the playoff. So you have more opportunities for upsets like that. And sure, you're going to get the TCU versus Georgia sometimes and a team just gets destroyed. But you're also going to have TCU beating Michigan sometimes. And that's yep. as a Michigan fan, it sucks. But TCU beating Michigan was objectively good for the sport because it's an underdog story. It's an upset. It's a close game. It's an exciting game. When are you like, ever going to see TCU in the national championship? Exactly. Again? When like, you make a playoff, it's a cool story. When you make it a national championship, it's like sport changing. And so that's I huge. Mean, and, I this think. Is, and this is two years in a row because you have Cincinnati – and then you have TCU, like, mm-hmm. yeah. But with Cincinnati last year, everybody was like, "See you, what a joke! We should have never yeah. let them in." This year, TCU made it to the national championship, so now you have to look at teams like that a little differently. So, um, I don't know. Like, it, it still sucked as a Michigan fan, but like as a, a broader fan of just college football in general, I wish the championship game had been closer. That kind of feels like a lame end of the season, um, but the way that we got there was a really fun season. Michigan had a great year. You had a lot of, it felt like the last week of the season, there was a lot at stake still, lots of teams playing for things. You had USC, Utah. It was a super meaningful game. And then I, I just felt like this was a fun year overall, unfortunately, which it seems like this happens a lot with college football. It kind of leaves a sour taste in your mouth with a lopsided game at the end. Um, but it was a fun season for sure. Yeah, a lot of people said, I saw some people saying, well, they really should have just done Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, TCU for the rankings and got this game out of the way for right away and then have Michigan and Ohio State to determine the other opponent. And yeah. I get that, but you also have to understand what they were doing when they scheduled that because they were probably, I mean, they know that there's the potential of Michigan and Ohio State meeting in the Mm -hmm. national championship. So, and it just gets back to like anything else. Oh, Alabama should have been in because they're one of the four best teams on paper. This should be the matchups because they should have known TCU was going to get blown out anyway. It's like, it doesn't matter. It's who's most deserving. TCU deserved it more. So it's kind of a casualty of doing things the right way. If you put Ohio State over TCU, you're setting a precedent that we're going to do whatever we want because of a certain matchup or a certain name brand. Um, So, yeah, it sucks that TCU kind of got embarrassed on the in the national championship game. But I think it's an even bigger embarrassment. I mean, you could you could have arguably put Michigan first, do Michigan, Georgia, TCU, Ohio State. Yeah. But yeah, I, I had no problem with the final rankings. It's and I saw people say this, too, like. 
see TCU or they were frauds. They were a seven and five team that got lucky and made the national championship. It's like, that's kind of what makes college football great though. And you can say that, oh, or Alabama was a better team. Well, the games still matter. TCU won their games. Alabama didn't. So if Alabama's better and TCU's a fraud, then maybe somebody should have beat TCU and maybe Alabama should have won a meaningful game. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's not like there was, (laughs) it was out of their control and there was no chance for this to happen. Maybe Alabama shouldn't (laughs) lose two games in the regular season next year and we won't have to have this conversation. You know, yep. I agree. I agree. Because if you get into the paper, like teams on paper, then yeah, yeah there's you can just put press simulate on the season, mm-hmm. and we're gonna play yeah. a bunch of preseason games, and then we're gonna start our four teams or our four team season, which is yep. Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, and Clemson. Yeah, and the regular season doesn't matter. Yeah, it's just. Yeah. Yep, I agree. But uh, I, overall, yeah, I, I think it was a pretty fun year. There were a lot of unexpected twists and turns with teams losing, like. For a while there, you had Tennessee looked like a, like this powerhouse all of a sudden, mm-hmm. and then you know they just kind of fell off back to a, kind of what people expected from them. Um, and even as a Notre Dame fan, even when you had you know four losses, which is the most that there's been in a season since I've been a fan, um, and and two of those losses were unacceptable, being Marshall and Stanford you still uh i still had a great time and notre dame really had a really good first year under marcus freeman learned a lot march and i'm looking forward to the future with them so and speaking of we just real quick on like transfer news or recruiting news notre dame has added to their squad sam hartman who was formerly the quarterback at wake forest i don't know much about him, but I know that Wake Forest's offense has apparently been very good lately. And Sam Hartman comes into Notre Dame as already the like statistically best offensive quarterback Notre Dame's ever had. So mm-hmm. people are saying, and I don't know this because I don't truly know, but people are saying that Notre Dame could finally have a Heisman contender at quarterback next year, which would be huge for the program. So I'm excited to see how that all shakes out. Yeah, he was great there. It's it's so hard to predict like how quarterbacks will do with a change of scenery. He's not like it's not like you're having um Caleb Williams transferred in, to Notre Dame. But I'd say he it's very safe to say he's a top 20 quarterback. And I'd probably say like borderline top 10 quarterback this past year and with some of the quarterbacks that are leaving to go to the nfl yeah he should going into the year be expected to be around a around an eight to ten quarterback potentially like there's assuming he adjusts to the new scheme and everything fits and works um but no you would think if he's going from a worse team and worse program to a better team and program you should get more out of him hypothetically so um I, it's definitely a good move. Um, I'm assuming he should win the job um, because anybody else you have that could, I think is just probably too young at this point. So yeah, I think it's big. Um, yeah. And then on that same news for Michigan, Blake Corum is coming back, which was shocking to, to see, but I'm obviously happy. 
Um, he must have got a crazy good NIL deal because as a quarter or as a running back coming off of an injury, who was probably going to go second round, maybe, um, maybe late second round, early th- third round. It's hard to imagine that putting another year's worth of wear and tear on your body is going to help your draft stock. So I'm guessing yep. he's just doing this. He said to get his degree, unfinished business and all that. I'm sure he's getting paid decently or he wouldn't be doing this. Um, yeah, but that's good. Right. I mean, that's that's an example, though, of if so, that's an example of NIL being good for college football because him coming back is good for college football. So, All right. Uh, so exciting news for both of us going into the offseason. Um, it's funny. The season just ended and already I can't wait for next year. Uh, I know college football. It's gr- it's the best and worst thing about it is that it's the shortest season of the major sports, and so you have a very long off season. Um, well, because of the Sam Hartman thing, I've never in my life desired to watch the Notre Dame blue and gold game. I mm. might actually tune in at least for a little bit of it this year, just out of curiosity. So we should do if if I was in your shoes, I'd be trying to watch Sam Hartman Wake Forest highlights on YouTube. <laughs> For the next I, few months, I should do that. Actually, I haven't even looked at any, so I should do that. Yeah, it's just that's um, part of the fun of it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, should we, do you have anything else on college football? Should we hit the NFL? Nope, NFL it is. All right. Um, so NFL, last time we spoke with you, the Bears were still in a free fall with the losing streak, the Lions were still, do the Lions. I can't remember if they were in a winning streak still or if they had lost to the Panthers the last time we spoke. I think it was right before the Panthers, but it was one or the other. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, in hindsight, that Panthers loss really yeah. stings. I, 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 I know you've mentioned before to me, oh, if only we could have stopped Seattle on like a couple drives in that game, which I agree, but that Panthers game was right in the middle of when you're playing so well and the Panthers aren't a good team and – if, yeah. I mean, if you would have beat the Panthers, you'd be looking at the playoffs. So, yeah, and it's that's true. It's just for me, the reason I don't go there is because it's so hard to ask it in the NFL. You're kind of in a big winning streak. You're kind of due for a down game. Yeah, and you're it's right. like if we had beat the Panthers there, then it's like we would have went nine and one the last 10 games with the only loss being on a last second field goal to Buffalo. Yeah. So, yes, like we should have won that game. But it's a, such a tough ask to be like, we went eight and two, but we should have won that game. You know, like to me, that's why the Seattle game sucks is because it was in the middle of a losing streak. And so you'd feel like you should be able to bounce back and get a win. Yeah. Um, And it was just a closer game. So, well, but yeah, the Panthers game's just that, that stinker that stands out that it's just like, oh, that sucked. <laughs> um, I just but, have to say, like, I, even though they're a division rival, like, I thoroughly enjoyed watching the Lions this year. Like I think I think, you know, whether whether Dan Campbell's the answer, whether the current roster construction is the future or whatever whatever you want to say, the reality is is that this Lions team is at least fun to watch. Like yeah. in the past you turn in the past if the Lions were on T like the Lions never ha- are on national TV because they have always been just a boring product. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my word, this the is... games don't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. 
And I mean, that's how the Bears have been lately. The Bears have been like, oh my word, are we actually watching this right now? Like, this is embarrassing. They're not even, it's not even bad fun. They're just bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the Lions this year were just, they were just all around fun. And I, I used to, when he was on Green Bay, hate Jamal Williams. I've really, really come <laughs> around. He is, yeah. he is honestly a really charming guy. Um, and I like him. Um, it is funny how like you turned on him because you did. You couldn't. I think a lot of it too was like because he was a backup running back who talked a lot. When and I thought this too when he was yeah. on the Packers, um, it felt like he talked a lot, like trash talk kind of thing. I think he, yep. now after knowing more about him, he talks a lot because he's just like a goofball, <laughs> and so it's like I feel like that makes it a little easier. He's, I'm sure he's still annoying if you if he's. Like doing that after, I'm sure. Like if if you lose to the Lions and he's talking like that after a game, it's still annoying. But I do agree; he seems very genuine. It's um, different too because on the Lions, he's had a he had a much larger role than on the Packers. Like mm-hmm. the Packers, it'd be like Jamal Williams comes in and runs for like a three yard burst, and that's it. And he'd get up and be talking, and I'm just like, sit down. You are a backup running back, yeah. like Jamal Williams, four carries for. 14 yards and he's right. like yeah jumping up and down you know <laughs> yeah yeah but no i, I anyway the lions overall were fun to watch and obviously i was cheering so hard for them against the packers like what a glorious game that game was i, I almost want to rewatch it like that game was so good and it's not just the fact the lions won but it's being a close game it was super exciting it's crazy stuff happened turnovers that hook and ladder they ran at the oh, end of the game. Oh, my gosh. Um, erection lasting more than four hours. I probably should have seen a doctor. <laughs> um, it was just amazing. Um, I had, dude, because I, because I mean, I don't know if it tricked you, but it definitely tricked me. Like, when Goff throws the ball to uh, St. Brown and the Packers defenders immediately on him, I'm just like, dude, uh, no. Like, Why did we? Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're like this is the play you're gonna run, and then oh my word, that was incredible. That play was kind of a, a picture of like what everything that went right this year because you had Jared Goff throw in to St. Brown, who's really emerged this year. He pitches it back to Swift, and Panay Sewell goes out in the flat and just pancakes a guy. It's like it all came together and showed like this is a snapshot of what our offense can be. You know, the biggest. Um, the the biggest thing that'll be interesting for the Lions is just what um how do you how do you repeat this and improve upon it next season? Yeah. Because it in some ways it reminds me of the 2018 Bears where a super fun season, fun personalities, um the every good vibes with the coach and a lot of the players, and obviously that team did make the playoffs. Um, and you know, everyone was talking about him, blah, blah, blah. And then it never was the same after that with Nagy. Yeah. And so this is a different, good, a fair question. Yeah. This is different because the bears went 12 and four that season. The lions started off one and six after a three and 14 season. Like yeah. they had a lot to improve on, but to finish the way they did, um, if they can, if they can balance that out a little bit more next year, I mean, you've already told me that you think they'll win the division. I'm 
personally, until I know that he's retired, I'm still a little worried about a one more Rogers resurgence, but I yeah. definitely think the lions finish at least in the top two. Um, I think next year I'd pick them to win the division. If we don't, I, I think we will have secured a playoff spot before week 18. I agree. Kinda, and it's, I think and that's the next step you should expect to take as a lot. And it's not going to be, I don't think it's going to be the seventh wild card spot. It's going to no, be like, like the your problem. Yeah. Goal next year. We've secured the fifth, the five seed or something. Um, if we don't win the division and then maybe at the end we're fighting for seeding, but we already know we're in the playoffs. Like right. that's my goal. Um, winning the division would be great, but even if you don't, I think next year you do, you do need to make the playoffs next year. If, if the lions don't make the playoffs, something went wrong. Somebody got hurt or Dan Campbell's not the guy or like something went wrong. If you don't make the playoffs next year. And by the way, uh, why was it that, why was it that the Seahawks winning did not eliminate the Packers? I think the Packers did they beat the Seahawks head to head? No, they didn't play. That's why then, I was confused. Then I guess strength of schedule or something. Yeah, I don't know. Such BS. It was annoying because it's like, oh, we have to scoreboard watch and we need help, but the Packers don't. I know. Us, so. It totally felt like that. Yeah. It totally felt like that. And then it was and like, I know it's not like rigged or anything. It's just a mathematical equation, but it's just like, of course, that's how it plays out. Oh, I know. And then the the Rams almost won and that they got screwed late game. It's just like, of course that happened. So it's, you know, it's kind of we talked about this before the game. And I said, part of me would be okay with the Rams losing because we're going to yeah. talk about the draft soon. You still have an opportunity to end the Packers season, end above 500. You end the year 5-1 and one against division rivals, and you have a, the sixth pick in the draft. So it's like, yeah. I'm kind of okay with it because if we were playing the Niners this weekend, yep, there's probably a good chance we'd get killed. <laughs> so it's <laughs> like, would I rather just have a higher pick and just be able to know. end the season on a good note? I, I, of course, I'd like to make the playoffs, but I'm not upset about it. Between the Packers, Seahawks, and Lions, I think the Lions would have stood the best fight against the Niners. I do agree. I think a spread would be would have been smaller because it's what ten and a half. I don't even. I, I don't even know what it is. I haven't even looked. But so we'll look that up when we do our like our look aheads. But I think it's ten and a half. I bet. I mean, would the Vikings or I sorry, would the Packers have been? It'd be over seven. I guarantee it because they lost to the Niners every year. Um, yeah. I think Lions, you're probably, probably looking at six and a half or something. So yeah, the Packers would probably be right at seven and a half, like just over a touchdown. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if I don't know if, if the national media would give the Lions above the Packers because the national media is always going to come back to it's Aaron Rodgers. So I feel like Yeah. I feel like the Lions, though I think they'd stand the better chance. They probably don't get a better spread than the Packers. It's probably equal to or a little worse than whatever. That's the a good point. Yeah, because so much of that's perception for the public too. So yeah. yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, um, I'm happy with how the season ended. I'm super optimistic moving forward. I think, I think Lions fans need to set themselves up for reasonable expectations. The offense has some room to improve still. Jamison Williams, a full offseason, he's going to be healthy, hopefully becomes a bigger part of the offense. It's fair. It's fine to say, like, hey, if the offense is at least, like, close to as good or even regresses slightly, statistically, the main plot spot we can improve is if the defense gets a lot better. That's how you go from 9-8 and eight to 11 wins or whatever. I actually um, have – so. The, 
I don't know how much more ceiling there is for Goff. I think maybe next year he could be around what he is this year. I don't think he's going to take some huge leap next year. So, so, so regarding the draft, something that a lot, I've heard seen some people be like, oh, well, like it could be bad for the division as in the NFC North if CJ Stroud falls to the Lions or whatever. I've been more like, I actually would be way more concerned about like Will Anderson falling to the Lions because then yeah. you'd have Anderson on one end and Hutchinson on the other. Yep, that, exactly. That's just death. Stroud, that yeah, Stroud is a move you make for three years from now or whatever. And maybe that's the right move. We might discuss it, but I don't want that. I want to go defense. Um, I think the Lions are at I, a point where you should try to win the division next year and you should draft to try to win the division next year. And I think you should try to take somebody who's going to help you right away, probably on defense. I think you cut out there. What were you saying? Yeah, I sorry. Yeah, I did for a second. I think Stroud or a quarterback is a move you make if you're still rebuilding and you're looking two, three years down the road. I think the Lions are at a point where as a fan, and I think they're probably thinking this way too, I want you to draft to win the division next year, which means yeah. don't draft somebody with an ACL tear. Don't draft somebody who needs to sit and develop. Like, go get somebody who can make an immediate impact because our window is kind of the next couple years. I agree with you. So let's so we'll, let's talk like Lions draft, and then we'll turn to the Bears kind of from there. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, I don't think that means the Lions shouldn't draft a quarterback, but right, yeah, I because I actually I would argue that I would argue that it's essential for them to draft a quarterback because how much you know was this year lightning in a bottle with Goff? How much longer mm-hmm. do you are you going to have him perform at that level? Um, and if he only gives you one or two more seasons, hopefully that's long enough for whoever you draft to develop. Um, if you're going after someone like Anthony Richardson, from everything I've heard, he's yeah. like a lot more of a project. Maybe that's maybe you sit back and maybe with not the Rams pick, but your own pick, you take him or uh, I, I don't know. I, if I have a hard time, if I'm the lions and Stroud falls to me at six, I have a hard time seeing lines passing that up. Yeah. And that's the question. And it's, I don't know. It is an interesting debate. We talked, we've texted back and forth about this a little bit. I think, okay. I like to go off a lot this year. I think he's earned a chance to start next year. If we draft a Stroud or somebody, I would want him to be starting by 2424 at the latest because I think the years of drafting a guy and letting him sit for four years or whatever are behind us because Packers. <coughs> yeah, <laughs> Jordan love. Um, I mean, Trey Lance is another example, like guys who get drafted now and sit and develop you're losing out on what's basically a cheat code right now, like a loophole that's in the NFL, which is the yeah. quarterback rookie deal. You yeah. draft him in the first round too. You get that extra year option. Mm-hmm. And if you draft a guy and sit him for three years, now what you're doing is trying to then get him ready to start in a year. And then you have to decide, am I going to extend this guy or not? Kind of sight unseen. I really um, feel like you're just talking about Jordan love, but yes, basically, I, yeah. <laughs> so that's the problem though, is it's like, you really can't draft a guy highly 
and not start him right away anymore. Yeah. Maybe for a year, yeah. but I don't. I think if we did draft Stroud, and I'm on the side of very much, I do not want to draft Stroud. If Bryce Young was there, sure, but I'm not going to move up for him. But anyway, like, say they really like their guy and they draft a quarterback, I'm okay with it. But I'm sorry, Goff, you're not here next year. You're not the starter next year, at least, you know, because um, it's just too much of an investment to draft a guy who's not going to help it, you do anything for two, three years. Um, well, in that case, then it'll it'll just be interesting, interesting to see what happens as like different think pieces are put out about the draft, because obviously that changes teams perceptions, because I've heard some people saying that with the weak quarterback draft there was last year and yeah. with quarterbacks and with the amount of quarterback needy teams that there are that it's very possible for overdrafting quarterbacks this year or very probable i i heard some i've heard and read some suggestions that it's possible that stroud young levis and richardson are all drafted within the top five which richardson because if te- listen though if teams are that desperate and he's the best one left. Yeah. Yeah. Um, huh. that, if that happens, I mean, that's ideal for the Lions because then oh. you're ending up with Carter or Anderson at that point. That I, would be awesome. I really don't think at the end that's going to be the case. I really feel but like. Even if you get three those first three, I think I could see Stroud, Levis, Young. Yeah. Um, then you're but, looking at Lions getting one of those two would be left then. At, actually not. But, But I don't know. Yeah, but 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 even if so, I'm saying ideal scenario. Yeah, the Lions end up with Carter or Anderson. But if not, they end up with like is it Miles Murphy? Is his name from Clemson? Yeah, Miles Murphy, Brian Brees, or Breesy or whatever. Yeah. Um, or you could go corner, which I, <laughs> I don't know if Lions fans are like me are ready for that this soon after the Jeff Okuda thing. But I think there is a difference of taking one at six versus two. Uh, <laughs> I I've also thrown this out there, which I know you said you want defense, but. Michael Mayer is going to be right around that. Yeah, and that's another too. thing. And it's like at some point we need to get over previous regimes. But how many tight ends of the Lions drafted in the top ten? <laughs> too. Yeah. So um, and the problem with tight ends what, is that they take longer to develop. So yeah. that's yeah. That's another th- impressive thing about the season. Who would have guessed the Lions are one and six? And they trade away Hawkinson, one of their best offensive pieces, and then they, and then they turn the season around after yeah. that. It's, you yeah. know, it's so funny. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of at the point where. And maybe this is blind optimism, but it's just funny because I've never felt this way about the Lions. I will trust Brad Holmes and whatever he takes. I'm going to be I might be like, uh, I don't know if I like CJ Stroud that much, but I trust him. You know, like he's earned that credibility. He's put together two phenomenal draft classes. This past draft class is it's you look top to bottom. It's one of the most incredible things I've seen just with the output he's gotten out of it. Um, So, um. So yeah, I mean that that's a great place to be with your GM. I'm not I'm not quite there with Ryan Poles. He's still too much of a newbie to me, but I'm hoping after this year's draft and offseason that I will feel that way moving forward. But did well, you have any more say f- Ryan Poles kills free agency? 
then you feel really good about him going into the draft. You know, like there's you start right. to gain that trust as they stack good de- good decisions on top of each other. Do you have any where more... as a fan you're like, all right, I believe in what they're doing. You know. <laughs> Do you have any more thoughts on the Lions before I jump into the Bears? No, I mean the Bears have the pick of the draft. It's going to really set the tone for what else Listen, happens. Um, the Bears. And there's a chance both of our teams. I doubt this happens, but it's could the Lions and Bears make a trade? Which it's just fun that that's a possibility. So. Agreed. I the more I think about it, the less likely I think it happens. But the the fact that it's um, an option is kind of fun. Um, listen, the Bears are the team of the off season. Like you have yeah. by far the most cap available. You have almost one hundred twenty million dollars available this off season. You have um, full draft picks plus some plus the fact that it's the top draft pick of the whole draft so that gives you the ability to make trades whether it's for players or for other draft picks like the the possibilities are endless i was listening to the radio today chicago radio and they were basically saying this is just so wild because literally any move and the bears have so many holes that they're basically like literally oh, any yeah. move could be made and yeah, it can be the right move, but like it, it's a dangerous place to be though, too, because you don't want to just like throw yourself at any player that comes up. You're like, you don't want to be like, oh, Odell Beckham Jr., here's a bunch of money, come play with us. It's like, is that really the best? And then you, a week later, you could have had Hopkins or you know, right? Yeah. Um, right. so it's interesting, and I totally agree. Like, I think I was texting you earlier about this, like. I, I, I use the phrase I said, talk about out of the frying pan and into the fire. Like last year you were hands tied. You had like hardly any money to spend on free agency. You had no draft capital and no assets really for trading purposes. Um, you somehow turned like five draft picks into 11 just by trading back a ton in the last three rounds. And uh, I liked that approach. You're just trying to get as many people as possible in your building. But you take a scenario like that where you're super, super handcuffed to what you can actually do. And now you have this year where you have the most cap. You have the top draft pick. You have, like, all of a sudden it is like, it's almost like the entire opposite situation of what you had. Yeah. And it's exciting but it is incredibly stressful because it's like, okay, there is some margin for error because of the amount of money you have. Like you can afford to overpay for a few guys. Yeah. But you're still nervous about like, how is this going to go? How does this affect people down the road? Um, so I, I told you, I said it's out of the frying pan into the fire for Ryan Poles because it's only his second offseason as a general manager, but the amount of control he can have this offseason really could make or break his career. Oh, yeah. I think you'll look back one way or the other four or five years from now, and this is a career-defining offseason, um, either for good or for bad. And it we're going to learn a lot about him. We won't know maybe on some of these right away, but the decisions he makes this offseason are going to be, yeah, not just career defining for him, but franchise defining to some extent. Um, you made a good point there, which is there's some room for error. I think some people 
are overly critical of GMs sometimes on stuff like this, where it's like you're gonna miss sometimes. If it was if it was easy to evaluate talent and make the right pick, nobody would ever have a bust. <laughs> so that's Ryan the thing. Leaf, like everyone, everyone's just, go ahead. Sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I was just gonna say, like, you just need to be right more than you're wrong. Like, yeah, you need to come out of this draft with several good solid starters. You need to find some so- solid starters in free agency. Maybe you overpay for one, maybe you draft a guy and he's terrible. But if you drafted three good starters around him, it's fine, you know. Every, and everyone's already um, already down his throat about the Chase Claypool mm-hmm. acquisition. And it's right. like, for, okay, look, they had, by trading Roquan, you acquired an extra second round pick. And then you traded a second round pick for Chase Claypool. And I realized you had to trade your pick, which now ends up being the 32nd overall pick because of the whole Miami thing. And it's like, okay, I get it that you're essentially trading a first round pick for chase Claypool, probably like probably most definitely an overpay at that point. But at the time you can't, you can't play the whole hindsight game all the time because if you're like, Oh, well look, it ended up being a first round pick. Yeah. But at the time you were in the middle of just, this was right after Justin Fields and the bears are posting 30 plus point games a week. Mm-hmm. Like all you're seeing is upswing and you know you need to get rid of Roquan Smith. You know you need to get Justin more help. You know this upcoming wide receiver class is poor. And I guess what I'm saying is when it comes to margin of error, like trading a second-round pick for a player and it potentially not working out, but you still have another second-round pick, that's margin of error. You you cast a net for yourself mm-hmm. to catch yourself in case that doesn't work out. And guess what? Chase Claypool has a whole other year on his contract before you have to make a decision. So everyone just needs to chill out about it. Like, see what he can do. He he dealt with injury. Fields dealt with injury when he joined. He had to learn the new offense, whatever. Let's see what he does this offseason and into the new season. I My confidence is not high on him, but I'm not going to be like, oh, it was the worst acquisition ever. Like, it's fine. We still have a second-round pick. And if you're trading back from your first overall pick, you're probably going to have another second round pick in there too. And like you said, you got to pick from, and it's a different in a different range or whatever. But you got to pick from um, trade in Roquan, and you take the wins with the losses on a day like today when Roquan just got a big extension. Well, hey, the Bears were never going to pay him that, so you basically got a free pick. So it's like it's give and take it's good and bad it's so it's like it's easy to make fun of them for the clay pool thing but then after today i didn't see a lot of people giving him credit for hey thankfully it wasn't us paying him that you know right. so um just objectively i do think he's very unproven at this point but it's you gotta you gotta show some leeway he's gonna get some things right he's gonna get some things wrong he needs to get more right than he gets wrong is how he should be judged and we're gonna find that out because this year he's gonna make a lot of decisions so so i want to talk ideal scenario for the draft in my opinion yep okay so i don't know i guess the ideal the ideal trade scenario to me at this point is swapping with the Colts at four and obtaining extra picks at four. You take Anderson or Carter, whoever's available, presumably at three, the Cardinals will take one of those two. And then, um, 
with your, I don't know what, you probably are going to get the Colts second round pick, I would hope, in that trade. With the Colts second round pick, then you're taking the top lineman available um, at that point. Offense or a defense? Offense. Okay, um, gotcha. And then with the third second round pick, or not third, with, with your third pick, the, the second round pick from Baltimore, mm-hmm. um, at that point, if you would like to address receiver, if there's someone you're sold on, you can. Um, otherwise, I would either – I would honestly add to your defensive line at that point. Um, yeah, you could never have enough defensive linemen. <laughs> so that's that's one thought. But – because the trenches are so important, and I think I think Ryan Pace knows that – or Ryan Poles, my bad. Ryan Poles knows Ooh, that. Um, a terrible Freudian slip. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think he is going to address that in free agency too. So – that's why I told you earlier today too. It's going to be very telling what he does. Like if he goes into free agency and he signs three linemen, then you're like, okay, you're probably not drafting a lineman, an offensive lineman. If he goes in and, and signs, you know, a nose tackle and an edge rusher, you're like, okay, well maybe you're not targeting. Maybe you're looking Skronsky or Skronik or whatever that guy's name is or Skronsky, somebody like that. Yeah. yeah. It's like an elite Skronsky. offensive lineman. Yeah. yeah it's, yeah, you're right. Um, and it comes in stages. You have to dress one thing after another. His yep. draft is probably going to be influenced by what he does in free agency. And a lot of that is out of your control. It's like who's available, who's out there. And Bears fans need to manage expectations on this too. You're not going to be able to completely overhaul the offensive line, the defensive line, the receivers. No, you're not. And add add another running back and all this. Like You're not able to do it all this offseason. Yep. So you're kind of looking for something like the Lions did where you take a step next year and show progress on certain parts of the team. And then the next year is when you maybe try to compete. Um, It's just it has to happen in stages. There needs to be patience. I think the team will be better next year for sure, Um, but it's still not going to be a complete team. You're still going to have holes on the team. It's just how do you improve as much as possible in an offseason? And I was telling you this too, but Bears fans really need to chill out about the possibilities because, like, first of all, I see some Bears fans who are like, all right, so the Texans are going to trade up from two to one with us and they're going to give us their second pick and the 12th pick. We'll get Anderson with the second pick and then we'll get uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba or Jordan Addison with the 12th pick or whatever. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay. It's you not have... a mock draft simulator. Like anyone who's played around with the mock draft simulators, they're super fun. You're setting yourself up to be disappointed. I've seen people say, and some people do this and they know it's funny. And like I, you can tell when people know it's not realistic. But I've seen some people say, like, this is the dream Ryan Pohl scenario. You trade from one to two, then you trade back from two to four, then you trade back from four to six. It's like you're not going to make three trades in the first seven picks of the draft. I actually <laughs> do think that he could potentially trade back twice within the first seven picks. Maybe, but if he did, that'd be like an amazing move. There's people out there suggesting like four times in the top ten he goes no, back. No, that won't happen. Like, but I, I don't think – listen, it, again, it depends on what your priorities are. Like let's say he addresses – so there's no good receivers in free agency. There's just none. There's just not. So let's just say – for the. The hypothetical let's just say that ryan poles decides that jackson smith and jigba is his primary target in the first round nobody's putting jackson smith and jigba in the top 10 
a lot of people have him around like the 12 to like 15 range i feel in like yep. mocks so far so if that's the case and if that's your target then if you've addressed offense and defensive line in free agency then you take your first overall pick and I wouldn't actually be surprised to see, okay, we're going to move down to four with the Colts, get some picks. Then we're going to take our four and we're going to move to whoever. 14 or something. Yeah. yeah. 13, 14, or maybe with the Lions or whatever. Like, oh, the mm-hmm. Lions want to move up and have two picks in a row or whatever. And the like, Lions are at 18, I think. With their- Oh, they're all the way up there. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that then, but you know what I mean. Like, but yeah, just, yeah. I could see like, that. I I think some people are saying I think that they're, they're going to trade back twice in the top five and still be in the top five. That's no, not that realistic. won't happen. No. Like you said, you could make two trades and end up middle of the first round and then a multiple picks <sighs> and you've gained from doing and, that. That's possible. And to me personally, if you like, if you if you're able to sign enough people in free agency, I would actually love that option because to me, it's like look. Jackson Smith and Jigba, his stock has really fallen, but this time last year, everyone was talking like he's going to be elite. Yeah, like he's going to be really up there. What is it that hurt his stock? Mainly injury. So, yeah, if you can, if you think he will be healthy, then he's to me, he's probably worth the investment. And furthermore, if you're trading back twice in the first round and you're ending up at that 14 spot to draft him. Well, by trading back twice, you probably also have an additional first-round pick somewhere else later in that round that you can get another lineman or whatever. Like, it's, to, to me, and, and I, you and I talked about this, like, would you rather get the franchise, like, Ed Rusher and Will Anderson at one overall or trade it back and get multiple players? To me, with where the Bears are, I want the multiple players. Like, yeah, the, Ryan Poles is an interesting position because with so many needs and so many resources, it's impossible for him to really get it wrong. Like you can make an argument for anything, but Mm -hmm. standing Pat and taking Anderson, I think will be the most underwhelming thing that could happen for the bears. I agree, but also there's the potential that Anderson is the next superstar defensive player. And then it's like you, if you knew that, which you don't, which is why I agree you should take multiple players and that's if you have the option um, because you just have more shots at getting exactly. that next guy. But if Anderson is that guy, looking back, it will have been the right move. It's just so hard to predict. Like you're you're putting and, a lot more eggs in one basket by doing that. Um, and maybe you're a little more hesitant about Anderson if the like if you think the Lions have a shot to get him, then I would be a lot more like maybe we should draft him. Like, yeah, but. I don't, I really, I would, if the Lions get Anderson somehow, I'm going to just, <laughs> yeah, clean well, up I mean, on aisle my shorts. <laughs> I mean, what would happen if the Lions traded up to one with the Bears to get Anderson? I don't think I'd want to give up stuff to move up that high. But again, it goes back to, hey, Brad Holmes really lo- thinks this guy's the next superstar. I'll, I'll trust him. You know, I, I don't know. I've heard so many mixed things about him. Like, like that's all- why I wouldn't. But, All throughout the year, everyone's been like, oh, he's the top guy. But then lately, everyone's been like, he's been kind of unimpressive lately. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I do think he last year, so after the 2021 or whatever college season, 
he his stock was higher then than it was after this year. So he kind of it sounds bad to say regressed because he might have become better as a player. His output went down. Um, so I don't know. And part of that was just Alabama wasn't as good. So hello, can you hear me? Sorry, cut yeah, for a second. Yeah, you got me. Yeah. So yep. it's I don't know. I think he's still a great player. His output was not as good this year as it was the previous year. Part of that's just Alabama wasn't as good as they were the previous year. Um, he's definitely still, pro- in my mind, the top player available. But I know a lot of people are mocking Carter higher. I think going into the year, he was seen as the clear number one defensive player, like a, actually a Heisman contender. Now he's probably just 1A and 1B with Carter, which is still really good. But I don't know how you can... I don't know how you can, in good conscience, make the argument that Carter is higher when one plays a premium position in the NFL and the other doesn't. That, to me, is the difference. Positional value, edge rusher over defensive tackle, it's no contest. I don't care. Look, Aaron Donald is rare. The chances of Carter being Aaron Donald to me yeah is a very unlikely there's a reason anytime somebody's talking about being a transcendent defensive tackle they say the next Aaron Donald it's because yes. Aaron Donald's really the only defensive tackle who's ever had that impact I mean exactly. Sue, Sue did kind of for a little bit but Aaron Donald's really the only defensive tackle who is like the star on a defense anywhere <laughs> exactly yeah. No, I yeah, I agree with you on that. So anyway, but no, the same but that's the thing. The same argument you just made for Will Anderson is the same argument I just made for Jackson Smith and Jigba. Like mm-hmm. last year, this time last year they had really yeah. high stock, and now this year it seems to kind of now Anderson's hasn't fallen like Smith and Jigba's has, but maybe that's something Bears can take advantage of. If you're like if, if Poles identifies JSN as like, hey, I want him because he has connection with fields from his playing days like or his college days and Ohio State receivers have translated really well to the NFL the past two years that's true too really good wide receiver coach Brian Hartline's really good at developing receivers so yeah yep yeah and it's funny because it kind of parallels the Lions this year was the year in this past draft they were kind of still rebuilding so they went traded up for uh, Jamison Williams who was hurt so his stock had dropped, but he was one of the most gifted receivers and was projected to be the first receiver off the board until his injury. But the Lions were at a spot in their rebuild where they could buy low on guys who yep. had higher ceilings. The Bears are at that spot, too. You don't need somebody who's going to come in and be an immediate impact next year as much as you just need to draft guys with high ceilings and high upsides because you're at that stage in your rebuild. So yep. a guy like Jackson Smith Najigba would be perfect. Um, a guy like um, David Ajabo last year for Michigan tore his ACL or Achilles or whatever in the combine. And so he dropped like the second round. Like if you can get a player like that. Yeah. So many teams are going to be out on guys like that or really knock them in their evaluation because they need someone who can contribute right away because they need to make the playoffs and they need to do this and this. Like the Bears are at a good spot where they can take players who fall into the draft. All the Bears need to do is improve. That's it. Yeah. Um, so. We, we we have all offseason talk about the draft. So let's go ahead and talk NFL playoffs because it's getting late. And oh, I yeah. need, I remember if you remember at the beginning of the episode, everyone, I said I needed to pee. I have not left to pee yet. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm still uh, holding, holding it in over here. So, um, all right. NFL playoff picture the Chiefs 
and the Eagles have the two um, first round buys on mm-hmm. their perspective divisions or conferences. Um, and then we have the other teams following. So I got to find the picture I had sent or taken earlier. So um, what I think we can do, um, and if this takes, if this runs a little long on time, maybe we cut out any segments and just stop after this. Why don't you read the matchup? I've got a uh, points bet, uh, which is a sponsor. Use perfect. promo code frustrate. I've got that up. Not I'll a sponsor. But that's okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so I've got a, an unnamed sports book open. Points um, bet. Not a sponsor. <laughs> um yeah and then we'll i'll read the line we'll each predict what we think happens and just kind of quickly move on any interesting thoughts we have but we'll kind of keep it short i think we get more in depth on uh later episodes as some of these games move on or progress but yeah use our code frustrate at bet rivers or (laughs) DraftKings or caesars or something FanDuel or yeah, yeah it's something but use frustrate at one of those or something at sports book to be named later <laughs> at, actually fubo tv has a sports book so maybe it's at that do they really it's supposed to go in conjunction with their sports package on their tv i won't say anything because they may be a future sponsor <laughs> thank you fubo uh, well they might be our current sponsor is the, oh. is the point we are yeah. oh okay <laughs> no right, we'll they're, they're definitely not okay i was gonna I'm say was that sure something i missed <laughs> right. i'm pretty sure it's bet rivers I didn't okay. really read the text, but it's not points bet. But thank right. you, points bet. But Stay it's not tuned. You. Thank you yeah. for your service, points bet. Okay, so wild card weekend. I don't recall exactly which days the games are taking place. Yeah, don't um, worry about it. There's some on Saturday, some on Sunday, and I think there's one on Monday. Yeah, so it's two on Saturday. It's a, so it's like a three o'clock and a seven o'clock on Saturday. A one, a a one, uh. Four and a, oh, sorry, I'm doing Eastern time now. So a 12, a three, and a seven on Sunday, and then a yep. Monday night game. So, yep. um, every year it feels like, oh, this is going to be the greatest weekend in sports for a long time. And then there's a lot of disappointing matchups. We're going to get to the point spreads here. It kind of feels like this might be the same. Um, all right. <laughs> but so we'll see. Do you want to start NFC or AFC? AFC. All right. So we've got. Uh, rematch from week 18 we've got the Bengals hosting the baltimore ravens Bengals are favored by seven love it <sighs> give me Bengals minus seven for sure lamar jackson Absolutely. health uncertain as to what it's bothering him i was watching this video today of an evaluation of him and um Another player who has had the same injury as his, which I don't really know what it is, so don't ask me. But they basically said, I played, but I didn't feel 100% until I had a full offseason of rest. So even though I do think Lamar plays, I don't think it's enough to change what the Bengals are doing. So I don't think he's going to play. And you know what? This is going to sound like I'm slandering him, and I'm not. Uh If this Uh is true, it's smart by him. What he's injured is his contract. The fact that he doesn't have a contract, (laughs) he's not going to go out there, and he's probably told them this, without a contract in place, I'm not going to go out there and risk my career when I've been franchise tagged like three years in a row. Could I play through this? Maybe. But I'm not going to find out. I guarantee, I don't, in my opinion, he can play. He would be limited. He's not going to play. 
and he's going to be walking this offseason because he's been franchise tagged every year. He's been beat up every year. He takes a lot of hits and he just doesn't want to like I don't blame him. Like they're going to franchise tag him again if he plays. Like at a certain point he needs to draw a line in the sand and say if I don't have a contract in place, I'm not risking my career. I just thought okay, I've been racking my brain of where he could go. That makes sense. I just thought of a brilliant place for him. The Raiders. I had thought of that, but they they're the 49ers. To Tom Brady. No, ready? The Washington Commanders. You oh, go to a coach. Listen, now hear me out. You go to a coach who coached Cam Newton, right? Yeah. So you have that tie. You have a dynamic familiarity. young receiver there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have said Washington has all the pieces except for a quarterback. And oh boy, Washington that is division very, would be so exciting. Next Washington, year. <laughs> Washington is very familiar with having run first quarterbacks that get injured. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you I, like that? You like that? <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, I think that's a good prediction. I think he will be on the move this year. Um, and actually, that would be interesting too. Going from Baltimore to Washington, you're really not making much of a geographical. <laughs> It's move. true. Yeah, you're changing conferences, but you're only moving like yeah, 20 minutes, 30 miles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, should we keep going then? Yep. Okay. Dolphins at Bills. <sighs> Bills minus nine and a half. Uh, let's keep the theme of more than a touchdown spreads. Hmm. I think the Dolphins cover this game, but the Bills win it. Have you seen the Dolphins lately without Tua? Or Teddy Bridgewater. So is he? Is Tua still going to be out in this game? I haven't heard I, updates. I don't know, but I feel like yes. It's kind of like the Lamar situation. It's different modes, but the same question of if he's going to play. Or I don't. Not. I'm not even considering Tua. I'm just considering Teddy Bridgewater. I think. Oh, if it's Teddy Bridgewater starting, this line could be 19 and a half, and I'm not touching it. Yeah. Oh no no! I actually I actually think Bridgewater gives them the cover. <gasps> But I like I, it, but I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I'm betting it. I'm just I'm telling you what I think. Yeah, um, but we both agree the Bills win, though, right? Oh yeah, Bills definitely win this game. I I honestly, if I had to place a bet, I'd actually would place it on the Bills. I think, and I would think because I think I think there's a greater chance the Bills win by like 13 than I do yeah. than like the Dolphins losing by like four or whatever so that's what's so tough is like in the nfl in general i'm a fan of betting big underdogs but it feels like in the playoffs is when a team will get blown out <laughs> um well so yeah. i'm i'm super intrigued about this next matchup so the next afc matchup we have is chargers at jackson yes. jaguars yes 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 finally a good game jaguar <laughs> or the chargers are favored by two on the road which is interesting did you give me the Jaguars? Wait, did what was your did you did you end up picking the Dolphins for the to Bills? cover? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, give me the Bills. Okay. I said at the very beginning, Dolphins cover, and I talked myself out of it. Yeah. Um, I'm taking Jacksonville Jaguars plus the two, but I'm actually going to bet money line. I, uh, I Jags think Jags money line exactly. Jag me going. off. Listen, yeah, Jaguars listen, win this game. listen. <laughs> Look, the Jaguars, they're on a similar heater like the Lions have been, and the Jaguars are just fortunate enough to be in that bad of a division to win it. 
Other yeah, than when the Lions beat him by 40, but we'll, yeah. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? I do. I, know, um, I, know. I just had to get my, yeah. <laughs> Doug Peterson is an experienced head coach in the postseason, knows yep. what he's doing. Trevor Lawrence hasn't played in the NFL postseason, but is no stranger to big games and big moments. And he's been elite the second half of the season. Yeah. And maybe that's too generous of a word, but you look at his statistics, like his touchdown to interception percentage, his just the playmaking ability. Like he's super fun to watch. He's yeah. Looking like, which he's playing against Herbert. Who's another example of like a star young quarterback. Uh, he I, looks like he's that next star quarterback. I think the chargers have see the chargers have good pieces, but I feel like they've struggled all year and the yeah. Jaguars have, because they've been on this hot streak lately, I'm going with the Jags. Like I, 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 mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing. So I agree, especially being at home. It's huge. That fan base is, hasn't, I mean, they made the playoff. Didn't they make the AFC championship game against yep. Brady that one? Almost year beat them. Almost, yeah. It was yeah. like randomly, but the, this team hasn't had any Blake real Bortles. success for a while. The yep. chargers don't even have a fan base and, but the Jaguars fans are going to be rabid at home. Um, yeah. I think they win this year. All right. So, do we want to do like the divisional round based on our picks or do we want to shoot over to do? Yeah. Let's just do the divisional round, go all the way up to the Super Bowl, and then switch. Okay. So then if I'm, if I, so in the NFL, they don't have a bracket really. So basically after that, what happens is flop it again, kind of. Yeah. Well, the worst, the worst team that wins plays Kansas city and then the other matchup plays out. So in this case, uh, if, our picks for Bengals and Buffalo and Jaguars. The Jaguars are the worst team, so it would be Jacksonville, Kansas City, and then it would be Bengals and Bills. And I'm trying to remember, is this at a neutral site? The divisional round? I know Bills Chiefs is at neutral site. Just because of who's host or why because, is that? Because of the DeMar Hamlin postponed game. Oh, I think that's the only one that would be then. I okay. think Chiefs Jags still would be a so home Buffalo game hosts. Yeah. Buffalo hosts Cincinnati. All right, so Cincinnati at Buffalo, Jaguars at Chiefs. Okay. Um, let's start with Cincinnati at Buffalo. I love this game. This this feels like the game, kind of like Buffalo Kansas City was the previous year, where this is the real Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I think whoever wins this game. I'm going to tip my hand a little bit here. Whoever wins this game wins the Super Bowl. Ooh. All right. Um, but I think we're going to disagree about who wins this game. All right. Well, I I know this. I like both of these teams and I would be happy with either one advancing. Mm. Um I okay. My gut tells me that I kind of want to see the Bengals upset the Bills, mm. and I could see it, and I can see the Bengal like a rematch in the AFC Championship game mm-hmm. of Bengals Chiefs. But I really think that the Demar Hamlin thing is going to be the extra juice that the Bills need throughout mm. this postseason. Um, I think so. Because football, more than any sport, football is so emotional. Like, yeah. So I really think that's going to feel them. So I'm going to go with the Bills. 
in this game. I agree. It's just so hard to judge how will a team handle the emotion, which way, like, is it, it's not a distraction. That sounds, that's such a bad way to say it for this. Um, but is it like a, an extra emotional, I, is it going to be like an emotional letdown spot? I think, since like he's, a, I think since he's recovered, everything yeah. is like a triumph at this point. And it, it is, it's a triumph for him. I, it's a question like, has the team have been able to practice the same way? Like there's, there's other stuff that goes into it. I don't know. And it, even just putting that aside, I hope the, that the bills win. I like the bills better. I will never support any team from Ohio to win. But I think the Bengals win this game. Come on. Bang. The Bengals are a lot more fun than the Browns, though. They are. It's definitely better than the Browns. And it, Cincinnati's basically Kentucky anyway. But yeah. Um, yeah, I don't dislike them. It's just I'd prefer Buffalo. I think the Bengals win this here, though. Um, all right. So then it's that's actually kind of funny because we both had – I was like, I think the Bengals <laughs> – I could see the Bengals winning, but I'm going to pick Buffalo. And you were like – I'd like Buff- the Bills to win, but I'm yeah. going to pick the Bengals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next, we have Jaguars at Chiefs. This is where it feels to me like it's a fun story. I'm, yeah. The Jaguars yeah. made a step completely outmatched here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How yeah. do you how do you pick against the Chiefs? Like, yeah. top scoring offense in the league, even after losing Tyree Kill. Like, Patrick Mahomes is still just otherworldly. Um, and you know, plus the, uh, the, the referees and the NFL are going to want to see chiefs versus either Bengals or bills in the AFC championship game. So exactly. Yep. Um, no, I agree. Right. Two score win. Oh, actually the line on that. Oh, we don't have lines. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> the line right. on that would be chiefs minus six and a half. Ten. Yeah. Maybe it's closer that way. It probably depends how the Jaguars look week one. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. So in the AFC Championship game, we have Kansas City against. Let's play out both scenarios: either the Bengals yeah. or the Bills. So uh, the so, Bills, you go first. Well, let's each give our input on each outcome. But well, okay, my input on each outcome is: um, if it's against the Bills, the Bills win and make the Super Bowl. If okay. it's against the Bengals this year, the Chiefs beat the Bengals and make the okay. Super Bowl. I think either the Bengals or the Bills would beat the Chiefs. All right. I think that the Chiefs are obviously a great team, and maybe I'm just disrespecting them and overlooking them. I think this is the year they lose again, and some questions start to come up about Patrick Mahomes. Unfairly, but I think the conversations are going to be had about, can he get it done again? You know, um, So I don't know. I, I think if you look at in to- the team as a whole, I would take Bengals and Bills, and I think you're kind of a wash at quarterback at this point with all three of them. So you're assuming that by me saying the Chiefs beat the Bengals, that I'm assuming that Patrick Mahomes gets it done. Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying if he we're loses, about to get an NFC. <laughs> I think if he loses this week, though, the conversations start immediately. Um, you know, yeah. All right. But. So NFC then, or no, so then AFC championship, well, no, we did that. So either, yeah, okay. So at this point, you're, you're saying the Bills. Or the Chiefs. Or the Chiefs, and then I'm saying Bills Bills or the Bengals. Okay, yep. All right. All right. Wild card, NFC, we have the Giants at Minnesota Vikings. 
we're both going to be on the same page here. Let's just, for the sake of setting the stage, the Vikings are favored by three at home. We're both hammering the the Giants, though, right? Oh, for sure. Now, listen this, here. I feel that they're going to be a very public dog. Everybody's going to be on the Giants. So yeah. this maybe is a spot where it's like, oh, we outsmarted ourselves. But I feel pretty confident about this. I, listen, I'm not... The Vikings play anybody else in this playoff pool, they're getting dog walked. Because it's the Giants, I don't think that happens. I do think that the Giants win by like a full score. Not so not like a fraction of a score, not like two points. So like or four one point. points or yes, like they more win by than a field goal. Yeah. Or three um, points or more, you're saying. Yeah. Maybe. That's yeah. what I'm, yeah. Um yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I'm definitely hammering the Giants here. The Vikings are just – the Vikings are the opposite of what the Lions and the Jaguars have been. Like, the Vikings started on a very – on very much a heater and have just been garbage since then. Um, and you still – the bill, you have to give the Vikings props because they win. But you use any metric you want, and they are – they're ready to collapse. <laughs> the Vikings, the Vikings beating the Bills in that regular season game, that was their Super Bowl. That was the peak of their season. That was and very impressive. You know, everything but... after that is just and downhill. the comeback against the Holtz was great. Like it was super impressive. They did that. You were also down thirty-three to three at halftime to the Colts. The Colts. Your DVOA, your point differential, whatever metric you want to use, tells you. That the Vikings are a 500 team that they beat, won a lot of close games. They beat the Bears by one score. It, I think in one score games this year, which basically all their games were one score games, they were like 11 and one yep. or something crazy. The games they lost, they've been losing by like 30 points. They're the only team in the playoffs with a negative point differential. The Lions had a point differential of like plus 30 or 40 or whatever. The Vikings have a negative point differential. And they won what 14 games or Uh, yeah, whatever 13, 13, 12 or 13. Yeah. It's like, all right. They're kind of, if it's not the Vikings, somebody else is just going to butcher them. I think the Vikings will win a close game this week. You think the Vikings win or sorry. No, no, no. If, if it's not the giants who beat them, somebody's going to slaughter them next matchup. Oh yeah. But I think the giants win a close game this matchup. Yeah, I agree. I, I do think, I think the giants end up on top in a close game. Um, especially because, well, yeah, I, I just think it happens. So yeah, Giants, I think eke out a win. Next up, we have the Seahawks visiting the San Francisco 49ers. Bloodbath. So the spread says Niners are favored by nine and a half. I think they win by 24. I, I, (laughs) it's no, I don't mean to be a jerk. Seahawks have also been on a heater. They were on a heater to start the year. Yeah, and have cooled off since then. The Seahawks are not ready for what's about to happen to them in San Francisco. I agree with you. Um, I agree with you that San Francisco wins. I don't know if I'd say they win by twenty-four. I would say I could definitely see San Francisco winning by like fourteen to seventeen. But so you think comfortably that we both they comfortably cover, but I don't think they twenty-four is like I don't know yeah, if you're we, hyperbolic, but. I kind of wasn't. Okay. <laughs> but no, we're both saying we're both saying they win the game comfortably. Like yeah. by two yeah. scores. Okay. Yep. 
right. Then the last wild card game is the Dallas Cowboys at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I cannot wait for this game. So this is the Monday game. Yep. You've got a lot of narratives going into this. You have the Bucks, our home underdogs, plus two and a half. Viking or Vikings. Um, the Cowboys. Cowboys are notorious playoff choke artists going against the greatest of all time. Who's the the Bucks have been really bad this year. But Dak Prescott's been really bad this year. It's almost like who is gonna choke this worse? Like who's gonna be the bigger failure? Um so I'm gonna stick with the theme. I'm picking another upset here. I think Tampa wins this outright. Playoff Brady is a different yep. animal. Playoff um, Dak. How many not. <laughs> how many Patriots seasons ha- had there been where like Brady doesn't even look spectacular at all, really, through the regular season. He looks pretty average game manager kind of stuff. Yep. Like that's why people argue, oh, well, Brady's not the greatest of all time. He only has one MVP. Yeah, because he waits until the po- he like he doesn't have to go all out until the postseason, and then he just more than anyone else I've probably ever seen play the a sport, any sport ever. Brady has that switch he flips. Yep. Um, he yeah. is. <laughs> listen. What is the spread? Two and a half. Let me look here. Tampa plus two and a half. Okay. Or you Tam- can take the money line at plus 120, which I will be doing. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yes. Alternate spread. Yes. Tampa Bay. Six and a half. Minus eight and a half. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think this like, could get ugly. I think. This I don't is going to be one like, of those games, and it's the only. It's the Monday night game. It's the only game on. I think this is going to be one of those games that afterwards Twitter is just going to be wild. I just part of it too is I just want to see Packers fans continue to spiral <laughs> downward. <laughs> They've missed the playoffs. They're watching Brady once again have a better year than Rodgers. Yeah, he goes out and wins a playoff game. Oh, and, yeah. and also, also too, like this game too. For most of the nation, like you and I have a great appreciation for Brady. A lot of the mm-hmm. nations looking at this game, they're like the Cowboys and Tom Brady. Like what yeah. a Stofi's choice. Like it's kind yeah, of, right? <laughs> it's kind of beautiful. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I, I think Dak chokes majorly in this. The Cowboys just game. have such a rich history of choking in games exactly like this yep. that I just, until proven otherwise, like I prove me wrong. Go out yep. and win a, a playoff game, you know. All right. So then, based yep. on those results, um, were we all in? Ag- yeah, we were in agreement on all these, so that should make a simpler second round at least. Yeah. So in the second round now, you should have the uh, Eagles hosting the New York Giants, and you should have the San Francisco 49ers hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we get a divisional matchup here: Eagles, Giants, uh, Eagles. I think the spread would probably be eight and a half kind of range Eagles win comfortably Jalen hurts. Will he be back? I'm guessing so with the extra week, that'll be the only question around this game. I think he plays. I think the Eagles win easily. Eagles win comfortably though. If eight and a half is the spread, I might pick the giants to cover. Yeah, like it's fair. I think it's possible to win by a touchdown and be comfortable, but also for the giants to cover. I could, yep. the giants have just been a tough out this year. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I think they'll give them everything they've got, but yeah, the Eagles definitely are, will prevail in that matchup. Yep. We'll um, see. We'll have a better idea about Hertz by then, but yeah. And then Niners Buccaneers. 
boy. Tom Brady versus hometown team. Part of me really would like to just be super contrarian here and take the Bucks, And I envision a path where the Bucks not only win this game too, but go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm going to draw the line here, though. I think this is where I'm going to take the Niners. I think there's a, a well... They're a well-balanced team. They're an all-around better team. I think Brady will have a good game. Um, the not oh boy though against a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. Give me the Bucks. Oh boy! I, so they're going to be even bigger underdogs in this game. I'm. I would take them to cover. So that's the factor for me. Brock Purdy. All due respect, he's been great this year the greatest of all time and you're asking a rookie quarterback to go out and match him head uh-huh. to head uh-huh. i think this is a, a game where purdy makes some rookie mistakes and oh boy yeah okay. this is going to be like the one i feel the uh, least good about uh, i'm taking tampa to win this also the storyline is going to be tom brady drafted in the sixth round yeah, Brock yeah purdy yeah, right. mr irrelevant <laughs> blah blah that's, blah. that's yeah. funny yeah you're right um okay I, mm. um, you already, you should already know this because I sent it out in the group text, but I'm picking the Bucks here again, playoff mm. Brady. I, I look at the Niners and I think what is their greatest weakness? It is the quarterback. And I know Brock Purdy has been good, but he is a rookie quarterback first year in the playoffs. Like you have, yep. they have a lot of great pieces, but I just I am gonna have a hard time betting against playoff Brady. I just am, and mm-hmm. so I'm I'm gonna push Brady through to the NFC Championship game against the Eagles. Yeah, and as good as Christian McCaffrey is and has been this year, based on his history, I don't know that it's gonna be full go by yep. the time this game starts. So, yep. yeah, I don't know. Uh, so we both have Brady winning back to back games as an underdog. Um, so the narrative would be swirling. So. So well, then that know, gives us, you know, Eagles, Bucks. He's going to be an underdog again. He will. I can't do it again. <laughs> Give me the <laughs> Eagles to beat the Bucks. I mean, it'd be an incredible run if they got to the NFC Championship game. I think Hertz is a little more experienced, a little more battle tested. Um, he should be fully healthy by then. <sighs> Tampa is definitely a team that can get hot at the right time and make a big run. I just think the Eagles, the thing that's most impressive to me about the Eagles is that their defensive line is like three guys deep. They basically have three starting off defensive lines. They just rotate in and Brady, as good as he still is, he's a statue in the pocket. I think it could get ugly on that with that defensive line. So I'm going to pick the Eagles to advance to the Super Bowl. 11 Super Bowl appearances. Would be something a sight to behold. I'd be rooting for the Bucks over the Eagles, to be honest. Yeah, I'm at that point just to yeah, piss everybody off. And <laughs> I, I'm I'm picking the Bucks over the Eagles. Oh boy. Um, oh boy. Listen, the Eagles have had some clunkers this year. They have, yeah. They're and, a team that can lose a surprise game for sure. And the way the 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 one week buy is really nice, especially if you have injuries like with Jalen Hurts. However, the one week buy can also break up your momentum and you come off of that first week. Oh, you're playing 
the Giants, maybe it's relatively easy win. Maybe you overlook your next matchup a little bit or something. I'm not sure, but I, I think, um, I don't know. I, I like it. Tom Brady was bested by the Eagles the last time in the postseason. Tom Brady has that competitive edge. He's not going to let it happen again. Um, I know the Eagles are overall a more talented team, but I'm picking Brady to the Super Bowl because it's where he belongs. Yeah. So in this Super Bowl matchup, here's what I know I said it'll either be the Chiefs or the Bills, but here's what I like. I would love nothing more than for it to be the Bills versus Tom Brady. They're long time nemesis division nemesis um yeah and the and the bills having been over four in super bowls the guy they have to get through to win a super bowl is tom brady and in that scenario i am going to pick the bills to finally do it the bills finally win a super bowl and they do it by beating tom brady Mm. in the super bowl like that would just be a great storyline yeah, you finally slay thing. the dragon. Yeah, you yeah. finally proved everybody wrong. Yeah, that's yeah. I think that'd be a fun matchup. And I think it'd be people are gonna pick that to be a blowout if you just look at the matchup on paper right now. I think that'd be a good game though. Yeah, I um, too. I'm gonna take so I had the Bengals beating the Bills, and then I said if so, the Bengals would beat the the Chiefs. So I'm gonna assume based on my predictions, I'm gonna Bengals, be looking Eagles. at Bengals, Eagles. I'm going to take the Bengals in a Please. close game um, to win the Super Bowl. Yep. Yeah. I listen. I like. I actually like this Eagles team. Like, I like Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. and stuff. I just don't like Philly fans, and like, I would. Yeah. Be kind of. I would love, and the Eagles just won too in 2016. It'd be kind of nice to see a new new blood win, and that's why I'm for like the Bills or the Bengals, like. Give me a team that's never won a Super Bowl before with players that have never won a Super Bowl before. Like, mm. that's exciting to me. So, just one thing that's interesting to kind of close this conversation, and I think we'll head out here looking at futures odds. Favorite to win it all is Chiefs, Bills, Eagles, then 49ers, then Bengals. I like huh. Bengals plus 850 right there. That's a really good bet. Yeah. Then Cowboys, then Chargers, then Bucks at plus 2,800. I don't hate that. So who <laughs> then the Vikings, Ravens, yeah. Jaguars, Giants, Dolphins, Seahawks. If you're looking for a real sleeper, maybe sprinkle plus five thousand on the Giants. If I had to pick like a team with really long odds. No. Um, that's I mean, that's I don't fair. think they're gonna win the Super Bowl, but I'd pick them over the Dolphins or the Seahawks or the Ravens. So another storyline I actually thought of that'd be hilarious is what if in the NFC Championship game, what if the Giants find a way to beat the Eagles and then Tom Brady has to overcome the Giants in the postseason, which he's never done? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yes. That, that would be so good. <laughs> and what if he lost to them again? I, I know. I know. <laughs> or what if he beat well, them and, the and Bills, that was like the his Bills, triumphant moment? The Bills lost to the Giants in the 90s in the Super Bowl. So if the yeah. Bills met the Giants in the Super Bowl and beat them, it'd be like, a bunch of poetry going on a bunch of yeah getting over the hump moments but no, yeah but no i i huh. think that's interesting i do like the bucks what was it plus 850 or something plus 2800 oh yeah the Bengals are plus 850 i 850 love that Bengals bet 
Bucks, I'd sprinkle a little bit on. Bengals are the fifth highest odds. Cowboys plus twelve hundred. Yeah, you just light your money on fire. Um, <laughs> Chargers plus twenty two hundred. I, I wouldn't take. I would take the Jaguars plus four thousand before I took the Chargers plus twenty two hundred. Agreed. I'm not. I'm not sold on the Niners being a Super Bowl winning team. Niners plus five hundred. Yeah, there's no way I'm betting that. You're not getting any value. They're an exciting team and they have fun pieces, but they're not winning the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. Eagles plus 475 is a good chance because really they're probably only going to have to win like one tough game to get there. Yep. I wouldn't bet the Chiefs or the Bills at plus 325 and plus 400. I just don't think there's enough value there to do it. But yeah. Especially right. with, especially because the Bills are probably going to have to face the Bengals. The, so. the Yeah, they're going to have to probably fa- beat the Bengals and the Chiefs back-to-back before you even get to the Super Bowl. And well, then now mean, they have to beat the NFC. The rep. Bengals would have to beat the Bills and the Chiefs back-to-back. True, yeah. So, yeah, I kind of But the Bengals are better odds. That's the point, though. Right, that's why it's worth it. And, I mean, I'm picking it to happen, but it, it is a long shot. Um, I'm kind of, you know, yeah. If I had to pick who actually should be the favorite, I'd honestly probably pick the, pick the Eagles because even the Chiefs, you're going to have to beat one of, but that's why the, the Chiefs are the favorites because there's three elite teams in the AFC. The Chiefs only have to beat one of those. Yep. The other two have to beat two of them. So. All right. Before we go, real quick, Mary F. Kill, we're in the middle okay. of NBA season. So I, this is what I would like you to ponder. Okay. Mary F. Kill, a Utah Jazz, a Phoenix Sun, or an Orlando Magic? Okay. <laughs> yep. I would. What are they again? Jazz Magic Sun. Yep. I would. Kill a Magic. Because they're never going to get a ring. Because they have AIDS already. Oh. And yeah. <laughs> and it's <laughs> Florida. So um, stay away. I would. Marry a son. Because I could spend the rest of my life Gay. and everybody goes to Phoenix to retire anyway. And we had quite a history of talking about Phoenix Suns. Um, and That's why I thought of this. I would F. Oh, yeah. And I would F the Jazz. You said it was the Jazz, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's a three-way, obviously. You know, Mormon style. So, mm-hmm. How about you? I was, I was thinking you might go that way. Um I am going to marry the magic um, okay. because why wouldn't you want like a magic? Oh, that's the, I just got the joke you said about <laughs> I mean, AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you just meant because it's Florida. And no, because like, Magic Johnson. Now, okay, now I get yeah. it. <laughs> I just got that. <laughs> magic John, Magic Johnson's Magic Johnson. Um, oh, yeah. Um, his magic Johnson, but no, I'm going to, I like, I like, I don't know. It, it would just be nice to have a magical romantic marriage. So Aww. I'm going to choose that. Yeah. And then, um, I'm going to F the jazz for similar reasons you gave. Yes. Um, plus jazz sounds like another word that has a J and two Z's, um, <laughs> oh which would be, my. which would be very, uh evident in our effing um mm. and then i would kill I like much like much like how god instructed abraham i would kill the son <laughs> um 
very nice yeah <laughs> all right so that's good go. yeah. yeah very creative <laughs> it's almost like it's possible to answer questions like this without immediately crumbling and feeling like you're being accused of something uh that was fun mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Check, check, that, check. That, oh, sorry, I lost you for a second. Oh, I said it's also it. This game is also possible to answer the question without saying that you're going to breed with everything that's in the question. Not that I've <laughs> done that before. It or not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'm going to f the Jazz because obviously I'm going to marry the Suns so that I can f them, and I'm going to f the Magic to before death. I kill them. <laughs> Alrighty then. <laughs> Good times. Well, thank you all for listening to another great episode of Frustration Nation. We appreciate the support. Check us out at Real Elephant Podcast on Twitter at FuriousGeorge94 at Michigan Hat. Um, and that's pretty much all she wrote. So one dollar means a lot to us if you want to support us on Venmo at Frustration Nation. Um. Yeah, we appreciate the support. Even one dollar, which is the same number as the Bears draft pick position. Let's go. Good Makes a big difference for us. We appreciate the support. Now get out there and frustrate the hate. Very good.